0: Hello, Everyone and welcome to another episode of the Football Fig Nuts podcast. This is season three, episode twenty-seven. If you counted all of them, that's one hundred and twenty-seven. I'm Craig. My name is Britt, and Britt, we're back after a uh, illness week.
1: I'm still sick. The plague <laughs>
0: has the plague has gone around uh, Fairfield County.
1: Yeah, I I got sick and then felt better, and then my wife on Tuesday night. Uh, no, went, it must have been Monday night said I don't feel well and then I was like oh crap and I woke up yesterday and didn't feel well and like I was actually out of work today because it's like so it is it's flu season here in New England um so yeah I'm I'm coming to you live from the Frank Gore Memorial Studios in Milford (laughs) Connecticut uh Craig is in the Blake Bortles Memorial Studio our regular home um so but uh so uh let's start where we let's start where we always start before where we start right how was your DFS this week
0: did you make some money. Uh, I, I didn't make any money. I did, you know what? I did some free tournaments.
1: Okay. So. Well, so you didn't lose any money. Either, yeah, I didn't lose
0: any fine. money, but I didn't make any money. How oh, did you I do? Had
1: a fantastic week. I doubled easily. I, I, I did. Um, I did only the full two game, uh, four game slate, the two day slate, and uh, going into that, going out of Saturday and into Sunday, um, all three of my slates, I had, Mahomes. Damian Williams and Travis Kelsey stacked. Mm -hmm. And I was winning money on one of them after Saturday. And I went, Well, that's a guarantee. Unless the three of them crap the bed, I'm going to hold on to that. It's only going to get better. And the other one, I was like maybe five or six points south of the money line on the two big cash pools I did. And I went, All right, that's got a really good shot. And then, of course, we saw what happened. We're going to talk about that in a minute. By the end of the Kansas City game, in like i think it was 2000 person pools i was in the top 100 and both of them like this is done yeah i mean it was just i just had a fantastic week which was good because my wild card week was not good and this was a nice bounce back so when you average out the week i had a a losing week in wild card week um with the stuff that i did this week i end up plus over the two weeks and that's you know all that matters so but let's start now that we've gotten that out of the way let's start where we always start craig what are you drinking tonight Uh, I am still drinking water. Are you sick too? No, I mean, I'm, I'm
0: mostly over the cold, but you know, I'm just in solidarity with you. I am
1: trying my best to drink as little as possible. I am, I am halfway through my dry January. I cannot tell you how many times, particularly on Sunday, watching (laughs) what happened on the television happen, how many times I wanted to reach for a beer, but I was good and I didn't. And now here I am on January fifteenth, and I am I'm only doing thirty days because on the thirty first we're going to I think it's Milford Point Brewing, um, our contributor Keith, his wife's band is playing, and I'm like I'm not going to a brewery and not having a beer. Yeah, it's so just thirty silly. days, thirty <laughs> days will be where I cut it off. But <laughs> I yeah I haven't had a drink since New Year's Eve since our New Year's Eve party, and it it was tough. So now, let's uh, let's now yeah. well,
0: quick question though like. Do you feel – like, you know how everyone says, you know, you stop drinking or you should you start doing this and then you feel better. Do you feel better?
1: Obviously not because I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> has it helped, has it helped my, my health with regards to me not feeling sick? Um, you know, no. I think what it's done – and this is what – and, and when, when, I, when I heard about it on the news, the big thing that the, the doctor was talking about it was, you know, no one's health is going to radically change. In that short a period of time, but maybe what it does is it shows you your patterns. It shows you when you tend to reach for a, a drink, what kind of situations you are in when you tend to drink. For me, watching football, yep. totally wanted a drink. Bad day at work, I wanted to come home and have a drink. I've kind of recognized that I tend to go, I tend to go for a beer when I want to relax, but I also tend to go for a beer when I'm stressed. And that's really good recognition for me. And I think there's yeah. a lot of folks who do that. I don't think that's a like a grand, uh, you know, kind of figuring out the universe kind of epiphany. But, you know, I think a lot of people are in that boat. But for me, I recognize that that's when I have to be cautious because if I'm going to over drink, which no one really wants to over drink. Uh, if I'm going to over drink, it's going to be in those situations. So the, in that state, in that case, it's mentally been very good for me because it's helped me see a couple of my trends and my my patterns. That being said, January 31st, I'm having <laughs> a beer. I'm very much looking forward to having a beer, but I'm also grateful for the experience of, of taking some time off from it and really kind of recognizing what my triggers are and, 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 and when I tend to drink. So it's a good thing in that respect. But I do miss beer. <laughs> <laughs> I do, miss beer, I do miss I do miss—I do miss having a beer with this because I miss having a beer when we go to our next segment, which is burning hot take questions. Craig, give or receive. I—I yeah. uh, will receive. Okay, so the big story up here in New England, yeah, is the future of Tom Brady. Yep. Yeah. Everybody's talking about to the point where they're overreading everything. Mm-hmm. Earlier this week, news broke out of New England that. Tom Brady's family cleaned out his private suite at Gillette stadium. And while they always clean it out at the end of this, this year, they took everything Mm. and people like, he's not coming back. He's a free agent. He doesn't know if he's coming back. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. If he's not, the last thing he wants to do is say to his wife, by the way, you left some of the kids toys back at Gillette stadium, make the long (laughs) drive over there. Now that I'm no longer affiliated with the team and get our stuff. So my question to you, isn't even, is Tom Brady coming back? Is the media blowing the Tom Brady free agency thing up too big? Um, Around here, I think
0: so. Because around now locally, around here, the media talks about the Patriots constantly. And when you no, say
1: around here, we're, don't forget, we're in Connecticut. We're in Connecticut. So we're in lower, southern New England.
0: Southern New England, lower Connecticut. So we are we're below where the state I think splits into pure you know New England fans
1: oh yeah no we are we are in the muddled area to give folks an idea who don't know about our area we are so muddled that where Craig is sitting right now is considered the New York television and fan market I am sitting 30 minutes away from his house less than 30 minutes from his house yeah and I am considered in the Boston market yeah that That's is weird. how – it, it <laughs> it's just there is this very very weird blurred area I get state his local stations come out of New York my local stations come out of Hartford it is bizarre we are literally sandwiched there and we experience this for everything that has New York and Boston tie-ins folks yes Craig's a Yankee fan we know dozens of Red Sox fans
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> dozens of them so I agree. I think this. is... I just
0: think they need they need something to talk about. You know, him retiring or him moving teams clearly is a big news uh, sports story. But, it is, but right now, since they're out of it, they just need to talk about the Patriots in some shape or form.
1: I think. I think the anxiety level in the greater Boston area is at an an all time high because they have never been here before. They have never been in a situation where they didn't know if Tom Brady was going to be under contract. The the only question was, is Tom Brady playing next year? Because if you did a Venn diagram, the line from yes would say, come see him at the Patriot games. Now the line says, yes. The next box says, where will he play? Mm -hmm. That's not something that Boston has had to deal with before. This is very uncharted territory for them. And I think the media is absolutely overreacting to it to the point where there was a report earlier this week that he'd moved to Greenwich. Yes. And then they had to pull back that report earlier today. Good investigative reporting by Craig. He found that out that the house that he reportedly had bought back in November, he actually didn't buy. He looked at a house. His family looked at a house in Greenwich and decided not to buy it. But that's where, you know.
0: Yeah. And you know, he's hope- not. <laughs> yeah. And he's the not, not in his house too- in
1: Brookline, so they assume he moved. He, he has right. moved. Exactly. I'm indication. still
0: going I'm still going with my theory he plays in California before he retires. And for the record, just, for the record, so is Antonio Gates. Just
1: saying. Oh, Antonio Gates announced retirement today. <laughs> I'm not joking. He put out a public statement and said this time I'm not coming back. <laughs> Antonio he, Gates. He
0: has also heard the Tom Brady playing in the playing for the Chargers rumor as well.
1: Yeah. I mean Is Philip Rivers done? You know what? That's a question for the off season, but that's something that I think is. we're gonna have to ponder. I, I I don't know. I I think he might be done. He just he just might be. All right. So we both agree on that. What have you got for me? Uh, for
0: me, it's something we were talking about in our our thread. So I just wanted to get your official statement on it. Oh God! So I know this what is it. a <laughs> this is since this is a uh, it's mainly a, a football podcast, but we talk about all sports. Yep. Uh, so I'm a, you, you know what's happening with the Astros.
1: I'm aware that they have fired their manager and general manager after suspensions, fines, and lost draft picks came down because of a plot to steal signs.
0: Right. They had a, they had a room built to steal signs. mm mm-hmm. That is That's illegal for those that don't know.
1: <laughs> well, not only that, they had a method of communication. There was an upside-down trash can. It really wasn't even a room. It was an extra area at the end of the dugout that wasn't visible from the field. But right. what it was was a guy sitting in front of a screen with a camera trained directly on the ca- on the catcher giving signals. And he had an empty trash can next to him. And when he saw a particular signal or a particular set of signals, he would bang the trash can. So if he saw a fastball, he'd bang the trash can twice. If he saw like knuckleball and that was what they were looking for, he banged the trash can once, things like that. So the, the batter standing in the box, and all of a sudden he hears this loud, hollow thump. He knows what pitch is coming. That was the idea behind it, yeah. And it's already also cost Alex Cora his job, too. Alex Cora is out in Boston because of it.
0: And possibly, and possibly Beltran.
1: Yeah. So what's your question on
0: this? So my question is, baseball, of every sport, why is it that baseball
1: comes down on people so hard compared to, say, football? Because baseball doesn't have... Because the baseball owners are different than the football owners. Baseball- like Pete Rose,
0: Pete Rose bet he he made a few bets,
1: and he can mm-hmm. never get into the Hall of Fame. That's
0: all he did: place some bets.
1: Let me tell you right now, these they guys are, are induct- stealing signs. <laughs> like- they are going to induct Pete Rose into the Hall of Fame the year after he passes away. I guarantee it. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. Thanks, Lou. So? I'm uh, no question, no question, um, because they know. Let's be honest for a minute. I've met Pete Rose. I, I, I worked with Pete Rose during a celebrity appearance in Bridgeport years ago. Pete Rose is completely money driven. He is he is not an ambassador for the game. He wants to be in the Hall of Fame because it's something else he can charge to ride on a baseball. And if you've ever been to a show with Pete Rose, you know that he will write anything on a baseball if you pay him for it. <laughs> if you pay him an extra 30 bucks after he writes his signature, he'll write things like, and I've seen balls with this written on, I shot JFK. <laughs> things like that. He will write anything. He wrote, I was Luke's father on a baseball once because somebody gave him an extra 30 bucks. He is money driven. That is why he wants to be in the hole. So baseball is not going to give him that because they know he wants to monetize it. That is the reason they're not never going to forgive him for this. Now, what the hell was your question?
0: Well, my question, my question is so like Pete Rose. Pete Rose makes some bets; he gets banned from baseball from right. MLB. You know, we have a guy, a guy stealing signs that may have cost the Dodgers a World Series. Those More are
1: directly pe- influencing games, whereas Pete Rose's decisions may have influenced games. Right, exactly. And then you have
0: people in the NFL who. May or may not cheat. <clears throat> um you so we're talking people, about you have people with like, like def- you know with domestic violence A's stuff,
1: and, um, right? But here's the big here's the big difference. You're targeting players there. That's the big thing. The MLB didn't. His, Pete Rose was a manager. He wasn't covered by the players' um, thing. The biggest thing, go back to Deflategate, which I know we hate talking about because our other contributors who are <laughs> Patriot fans will sit there and argue with us for hours that nothing was ever proven. That's the other thing that's different from the NFL. The NFL doesn't have to prove anything. That whole contract detrimental to the team clause they have in their 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 contract mm-hmm. and that um, the, the way that the, the NFL does, they don't have to have definitive proof. But look at Pete Rose was a manager when he got caught the guys who have been fired in Houston and Boston were executives and managers. When you get the stuff like deflate gate, they went after Brady. They went after a player. They also fined the team. They took away the draft picks, but where was all the arguing Kraft up was upset that they took away draft picks clearly, but they never went to court over that. They only went to court over Brady's suspension. So I think it's because of the targets. It makes it look like baseball is much more together Mm -hmm. But baseball didn't baseball is not targeting the players in this. They're not targeting the players. They're targeting executives. The only person who was a player at the time who has been lost a job over this right now is Alex Cora. And he's no longer a player. So I think it's because of your collective bargaining and things like that. But MLB and NFL definitely approach these things differently. Go back to the issue that happened earlier this year. And I'm sorry, we're going back to the Patriots again when the Patriots were filming the Bengals. okay, where has the punishment gone for that yet? We haven't seen or heard anything, right? Not officially, no. Not officially. But when it comes out, because the league is going to eventually do something, okay, when it comes out, there's going to be no appeal. It's just going to be quietly shuffled under the rug. They're going to pay a fine. They might lose a draft pick. Whatever the league decides it's going to do, they're going to do because it's administrative. It's not going to be like deflate gate, things of that nature. So I think it's the targeting is really what matters and why you see this. When you're dealing with players, you get into collective bargaining discipline, and that's a whole different ballgame. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I think I actually I think that sums it up really well. You know, I feel like baseball holds it holds itself and has these like higher, I don't know, morals, standards. They think they do anyway term. Or at least they think they do. Compared to other sports, so mm-hmm. yeah. that you know it's it's also an image thing
1: as well. So, yes, that's that's very very true. <clears throat> that's very true. All right. Um, third and final question. So there is a rumor circulating that 2019 mm-hmm. might be Frank Gore's last year. Stop it. Dead serious. No, I refuse so to this, believe you. <laughs> so this is this is a three tiered question because the other news that came out this week. Was that Luke Kukli? Luke, I can never say his right name right. Cookley? I've heard of Keekly. Keekly, Keek. thank you. It's one of those names I just can't ever say. Luke Keekly announced his retirement, 28 years old. The kid mm-hmm. wants to play, but he recognizes that the battering on his body is just too much. He's been playing since he was like in fourth grade. Yes. Meanwhile, you got Frank Gore on the other side of the field, who's 106. <laughs> and then the announcement yesterday that Larry Fitzgerald signed a one year deal to come back and play again for Arizona. So here's the question. We know, we know Luke isn't coming back. We know Fitz is, and Frank Gore is supposedly mulling retirement. And and Buffalo has reportedly told him, we're probably not bringing you back. In fairness to him, they were like, we probably are not going to bring you back. Can, well, how do I want to word this? Should Frank Gore come back? Should, all right. Of all three of those guys, mm-hmm. decision made or not, who should be coming back and who should be considering retirement? Let's start with Frank Gore. Should Frank Gore come back in twenty twenty? Uh,
0: I, I'm gonna say maybe because you know him. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about Frank Gore. So he was a constantly a stunning starting running back, right? Hmm. And then how long many seasons seasons he been playing? Oh God, it 15, feels like forever.
1: Seventeen. Years? Like forever. I'm pulling up the stats right now. Probably
0: as long as Larry
1: Fitzgerald. All right, here At we least. go. I'm, pro, I'm in Pro Football Reference right now. All right. What the hell is this? I don't want this. <laughs> That's the wrong <laughs> website. <laughs> no, I, I clicked the wrong button. Uh Frank Gore overview. Wow. They got so many stupid things here. 2019 <laughs> games. All right, here we go. Uh-huh. He entered the league in 2005. Really?
0: All right. All right.
1: 2005. Yep. So what I mean, think about that. That's 16 years. That is. But here's the
0: thing, so he's a running back, he's a starting running back, he's playing 16 games a year. Halfway through his career, he no longer was a starting running back, so his play time dropped off considerably, Mm -hmm. which actually, if you think about it, and the record he broke is actually pretty impressive. Yeah. And then you have Larry Fitzgerald, who's a receiver, who, let's, all right, let's be totally honest, receivers aren't getting hit constantly. Say that mm-hmm. linemen are or uh, defensive tackles or linebackers. They're not mm-hmm. hitting people every play, right? They're blocking. Sometimes they're running a route and no one touches them. When they do get hit, at times it is really bad, but it's not every play, right? So I can, if you know if Larry Fitzgerald has no pressing you know joint injuries, then sure. But then and you Larry- have then you have players like Luke. Who've been playing this game since he was in fourth grade. I think he's been playing linebacker most of the time. That's a really
1: long time. And he says he can't he can't keep up with the speed of the game anymore. It plays too fast for him. He he feels like he can't play at the level it needs to be. He was a pro bowler this year. He was. He was selected for the Pro so, Bowl, and here's a pro bowler standing up and saying the game is too fast for me now.
0: That so to me, that tells him that he he recognizes that he's starting to have issue, whether it's you know, Something in his neck, his back, his knees. Maybe he's Mm -hmm. had concussions. But, you know, I give him credit for realizing that as much as it sucks and as much as he enjoys doing it, that, you know, you can play another five years, but you're going to be really unhappy when you're 45. Right. So you might as well, you know, kind of go the Andrew Luck route and just, you know, take your chips and go. So you
1: agree with him? You agree (laughs) with Keekly retiring? Yes. And you, you agree with Larry Fitz sticking around for another year. Yep. But you don't know how to feel about Frank Gore. I don't Orr. know
0: about Frank Gore. I just, I, I just admire him as a player too much.
1: <laughs> well, let me tell you, it, Frank Gore it has not been selected for, for a Pro Bowl since 2013. Okay. So that's a huge thing. He hasn't been over 1,000 yards the last three seasons. Uh, but here's the thing about him. His worst season, everybody, I, people always go back to that year he got hurt because he got hurt so spectacularly. His worst season was 11 games. He has always been very durable. He has one time he got hurt in 2010. He played 11 games in San Francisco. Every other year of his career, he's appeared in at least 14 games a season. At least 14 games. That's impressive. That's very impressive durability wise. The guy has played in 226 games over his career. That's that's really impressive. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I would love to see him come back. I mean, I think he's very, he's a record driven guy, I believe personally. So I think he will come back. Interesting thing about Larry Fitz. And I think Larry Fitz should keep playing until he can't play anymore until he feels like he's, he's the, he's the, um, the, the 21st century Jerry Rice. There's just no question about that. He's going to play until he feels like he's 45 and he's done. He's actually only about 200 catches, maybe a little more than that, maybe like 220 catches behind Jerry Rice which means he caught 75 passes this year on 109 targets. Mm. If he were to play through 2021 and well into 2022, he could break Jerry records all time receiving record in terms of number of receptions. If he, he got 75. Now, if he had a really good year, if he caught a hundred balls next year, he could do it in two seasons, but I don't think that's realistic for him, but I think, I no, think, yeah, it's, it's possible. And, and I wanna hate Larry Fitzgerald. I saw I, he he went to Pittsburgh. Um he played against Yukon. We saw I, I saw him play <laughs> against Yukon um back when UConn was first coming up into division one um and Larry Fitzgerald burned us. I've seen a lot of people burn the crap out of UConn and then go on to big careers. Um so when
0: uh, what's his name as your quarterback?
1: Dan Rothsky? Yeah. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I think Orlowski came after him. I think Orflowski came after. I'd have to look that up. But and I don't care enough about it to look it up right now. But yeah, somewhere around that time, around the time we won the Motor City Bowl um for the first bowl game we ever played and and won, so. Uh, so anyway, all right, so that's burning hot takes. Let's talk about by the way, um Frank Gore according to Pro Football Reference has a nickname, the inconvenient truth. <laughs> I don't know what that means, <laughs> but according to ProFootballReference.com, he has a he has a nickname. So, um, I hope, I hope he comes back because two or three times a year he makes me money every single season. <laughs> Let's do a quick recap of what happened this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go over just really briefly, um, the divisional uh, playoff round. Should we just go in order? Yeah, might as well. All right, I did not pull this off. I, I slacked, so I'm pulling it up now. Okay, so the first game was uh, Saturday was was if oh god. Well, it's, this is the order it's on my screen, so I'm presuming this is the order it was played in. Okay. Vikings 49ers. So the 49ers beat the Vikings 27 to 10. Um, I did Poor not watch Vikings. this game. I did not watch this game. I did not watch either of the games on Saturday. Why didn't I watch the games on Saturday? Where was I? Oh, I was on a hockey game. <laughs> <I went to laughs> there you the go. South Tigers on Saturday. <laughs> it all came back um, and around. <laughs> So, uh, not shocking that the Niners beat the Vikings. No. Um, you know, the Vikings just felt like a team that couldn't figure out who they were. They've got talent at every position except for quarterback. They have the, let's let's just face it. Let's face it. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins <laughs> is is the modern day Oh god, his name just flew out of my head. Who's that guy? Oh, the guy who won a won the the title with Baltimore at Joel quarterback Flacco. no the other one the one was like the the, the, the quintessential game manager that's was, that was Flacco no 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 the, the one before him Ravens have two titles hmm. Ravens Super Bowl QB. <laughs> I told you I did nothing this this week oh Trent Dilfer Trent Dilfer yeah don't ever forget folks Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl I, and I think yeah. I lost Craig no no, okay, I'm here. no. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. he's he's I'm here. stunned into yep. silence <laughs> he's stunned into silence Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl Cousins is really just a modern day Dilfer he's not gonna get you where you need to be so and I, now you know, their, I don't know. Uh,
0: their offensive coordinator left for the Bears or not the Bears um, the Browns the Browns
1: and supposedly, he was, they were going to hire him last year, but freaking Baker Mayfield loved Freddie Kitchens so much, and they were worried about disrupting the offense so much, they decided to stick with Kitchens.
0: And then they, uh, then he didn't <laughs> like Freddie Kitchens at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah.
1: And that, that happens. That happens. So, anyway. All right, so, thoughts on Vikings Niners?
0: Not surprised at all.
1: Yeah, like, that's I, really much it.
0: You know, I'm surprised Minnesota beat New Orleans, but I'm not
1: surprised that they
0: lost to the 49ers. All
1: right, but you were surprised with the night game, I imagine, with the Titans holding off the Ravens
0: 28-12. The Titans and the Ravens? Yes. No, that I was I was not surprised about. I picked the Titans in that game.
1: You picked the Titans in that game? Yes. That's right, you did. Oh my god, he did text us that. i totally forgotten that. I, I was shocked. I was shocked at how badly Lamar Jackson played. I did get to watch a few minutes of that. Um, we were actually at an event, a friend of ours is an alumni of Southern Connecticut and they were doing an alumni event. So we were upstairs in the bar area and they had a television with it on. So I was kind of watching it as I was, I was like, and all I could remember was just watching Lamar Jackson doing his best Eli Manning confused and upset face impression.
0: Yeah, no, I think this brought Lamar back to earth, especially after that interception and then the fumble. It was just not a good game for them.
1: Good because that's what you need for a young quarterback if you if you saw any of the interviews with Patrick Mahomes during this last offseason all he talked about was how hard it was to watch the Super Bowl and watch the Patriots play in the Super Bowl The losing to the Patriots last year in the AFC championship really fueled Patrick Mahomes So good this is a good thing for Lamar Jackson he needs to see that um, they need to do they need to figure out what they're going to do at running back Mark Ingram it does not have the durability to pull it off by himself.
0: No, he so needs you, to be in a committee.
1: He needs to be in a, He needs to be at least in a, a timeshare kind of like they had with Kamara. So you're either going to bring Justice Hill along or you've got to find somebody to get in there because Gus Edwards is not going to do it. Frank the Gore. The other thing <laughs> – Frank Gore. Because yeah. that's, what, that's what they need in the backfield. They need to get older. Um, and you need to do something about your receivers. You need to do something about your wideouts. Aside from Marquise Brown, what have you got out there? Uh, Willie yeah. Sneed. Yeah, say Willie, Sneed. Willie Sneed not doing it. Willie no. Sneed is not gonna get you done not gonna get it done. So they need to make some significant moves in, in the Ravens, but the Ravens know, feel
0: yeah. Sir, what quick interruption. Do you know the odds in Vegas on uh the Titans winning that game? No, what was it? I wish I was in Vegas. Was it straight it up win? Four yeah. Four hundred to one.
1: See that's that's crazy. That just says everybody was betting on the Ravens. That was pushing yes. the line the other way. <laughs> Everybody's betting on the Ravens to, to win that game oh, I don't that would have been mind. nice. Same. <laughs> anyway, but um, yeah, the Ravens feel like a team that is on the cusp of being something special, but they've got to get those pieces in play. Now we go to Sunday. Yes. And Sunday was a tale of complete opposites. We have the Chiefs beating the Texans 51-31. to I have to publicly apologize to everyone who spoke to me on Sunday, including Craig. <laughs> Craig brought it on himself, though, by on Saturday predicting Houston would upset. I Kansas thought it was going to be
0: a big upset weekend. I was half right. The Ravens yeah, lost.
1: I picked. I picked the Niners, the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Seahawks. So I got two right. I got two and two this this week in straight winners because I really thought the Seahawks were going to beat the Packers. Um, my poor wife was ready to to, to divorce you. Know, you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, she had her headphones on. She was doing a puzzle in the dining room. I'm literally pacing because it's twenty-four nothing. I'm talking to myself. (laughs) I'm like, I can't believe. I'm like, I'm like. At one point, I was talking to the television. I'm like, you have one job, and it's to catch and hold on to the ball. Tyreek Hill fumbles a punt. Demarcus Robinson forgot how to use his hands altogether. Travis Kelsey dropped a pass that hit him so clean in the numbers. I think he felt it on his chest. Ugh. But the Chiefs do rally. And do put the Texans away. The Texans are again for me another team, very one-dimensional. They
0: you can't Their coach needs to go. He's brought them. He just got
1: there. He well no. Oh no. Bill O'Brien. Yeah. yeah. No. He's been there forever. Well, that's the problem. They're they're two and four in the playoffs. The general manager won't fire him. Do you know why? Why? Because he is the general manager. Oh. Oh. They, the last, when they fired the last general manager, they Bill O'Brien took that took over that and said, all right, I want player control and they went, okay, well, we're just not going to fill the general manager then you'll report directly to the VP of operations. And he was like, okay. so yeah,
0: that um going forward they should have went forward on fourth and one. Oh yeah, when you're on the 13, just go for it because you you need to score a lot against the against the chiefs. And that fake punt was done at a
1: completely the wrong time. <laughs> Personnel was not the problem on this game. The problem was coaching and scheme. Yes. He had nothing to deal with the chief. His solution to the chief offense was to keep the chief offense on the sidelines. Right. That That's not going to work for this particular offense. And and and, and let's be honest. Going, We're going to talk in a second. The Titans are going to go into that with the same mentality. And I'll tell you why it's not going to work for the Titans, why the Titans are going to have to win on the back of Derrick Henry. But first, let's wrap up really quick. The last game, which was Seahawks-Packers, this game did shock me. I did think the Seahawks were going to win this game. I still think the Packers are very one-dimensional. If anything happens to Rodgers or Adams, this team is done. They're, there's just no who's depth their, anywhere. Who's their backup QB? I couldn't even tell you. I mean, I could not even tell you. I, I'm, I'm looking at their, their. I'm looking at their receiving. Their receiving numbers from 2019. Devontae Adams had 997 yards. So first off. They didn't have a 1,000-yard receiver, okay? They had a guy who caught 83 passes for 997 yards. Their second-best receiver, 477. Their third-best receiver was Aaron Jones, their running back. And Aaron Jones, (laughs) yes, Aaron Jones caught more passes than Alan Lazard, Marquez Vandez-Scoutling, and Jimmy Graham. Wow. So if you're going by number of receptions, he was the second-most he had oh, a second multiception.
0: Oh do, you, do you want to know who their backup quarterback is? Who is it? Tim Boyle.
1: <laughs> oh no! Shit! Good for him. He has a job. <laughs> Good for him. But I'm just like, there's no way. There's no way. If anything happens to those guys, so I don't see Green Bay advancing past San Francisco. Let's start. Let's. Any comments on Green Bay, Seattle?
0: Uh, no. I've I've thought that Green Bay was going to win at home, but yeah, they are they are very one dimensional, and they're going to be very. Not in a good place if a few key people get hurt.
1: So let's talk about that. Green Bay, San Francisco. Who do you like and why?
0: <clears throat> Where are they playing?
1: They're in San Francisco.
0: Hmm. Man, that's 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 a rough one. I mean, the Packer. You know, Aaron Rodgers has the experience factor. With mm-hmm. The playoffs. You know, everyone in San Francisco, San Francisco is on a really big high, though. You know, a lot of them don't have that playoff experience because when the playoff starts it is literally a brand new season oh yeah so ah, man that's a rough one i think i'm gonna have to lean towards san francisco because of their defense
1: Hmm. i can live with that i'm gonna go with san francisco i think that this game is close i think it's low scoring i think san francisco is gonna key on on Devante adams and dare aaron Rodgers to throw to anyone else um and so what you're gonna see is you're gonna see Either Adams have a really bad day or he's going to have 12 catches for 27 yards because he's going to be doing all these. He's going to be hit. He's going to have no yards after catch. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. What about the other game? Let's talk about Kansas City and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And I won't get angry with you if you go with Tennessee <laughs> on this one. What do yeah. you see and why? So
0: what we saw from the Tennessee uh, Baltimore game,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're, de- they're, they're a team run by a former linebacker. So they are very defensive defensive driven and clearly run driven right. they did an amazing job containing lamar jackson even though he did run for over 100 yards but it was sh- for the most part it was short spurts it was like cuz they they could because they contained him so well it was like 5 yards 7 yards he did have a couple breakaways you know for over 15 yards but it didn't happen as much as everyone was going to expect mm mm-hmm. mhm so that's the key cuz you know Mahomes can run and throw on the, you know, throw while he's running.
1: Mhm.
0: The other key thing to this game for the Titans, and well and for the Chiefs defense is if they can stop Derrick Henry. Yes. Because that Derrick is Henry absolutely. is a very large individual. Yeah. <laughs> that can easily run over two or three people for, you know, if he gets tackled, if he gets tackled
1: Absolutely. And, and that's that's going to be the key. So they, they played earlier this year. It was in that middle stretch where, if I remember correctly, I'm looking at it. It would be week 10. I don't think Mahomes was hurt at that point. He played in that game and he played the entire game. So I don't think he was hurt. The Chiefs lost that game 35-32 on a blocked field goal as time expired. They were going to, they were trying to tie the game up with, and that was, let me just tell you, if that was Tannehill was 13 for 19, 181 yards and two touchdowns. Derrick Henry had 23 carries for 188 yards and two touchdowns. That's a lot of yards. That's a lot of yards. And, and he has been on fire. He had 195 yards at Baltimore. He had 182 yards at New England. I don't see him getting another 180 yards against Kansas city. Since Terrell Suggs has come on board, their pressure on the quarterback has been better. Their run control has not been good, but it's been better. I mean, that's, is he going to get hundred yards? Oh, absolutely. He might even get to 120, 130 yards. Is he going to get 188 and two touchdowns? I don't think so. I don't think so, but he is absolutely the key to this game. The difference between Tennessee and Kansas city, other than one has a quarterback and the other has Ryan Tannehill, <laughs> is that there is depth. AJ Brown's going to catch the ball. Maybe John Jonu Smith's going to catch the ball. But I guarantee you, right now, you're going to get catches from on the Chiefs side. You're going to get uh, you're going to get Damian Williams catching a pass or two. You're going to get Tyree Kill, Kelsey Hardman, Watkins. They're all going to be targeted. I'm looking back at that game, so. Sammy Watkins, Damian Williams, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill all had five or more receptions. Mm-hmm. I'm not even. I'm doing this blind. <laughs> if I click on the Titans right now, how many players do you think in that game against Kansas City earlier this year? How many games? How many people had five receptions for the Titans? Um, two. The answer is zero. Oh. Jonu Smith had four catches for thirty. Their leading receiver yardage-wise was Khalif Redmond, had one catch for 52. Anthony Ferkser, the other tight end. Ferkser's a tight end, isn't he? Uh, I believe so. So the tight ends accounted for seven of the 13 connected passes. Seven of the 13 passes went to their tight ends. The Chiefs are better in the short game. They're better on the quarterback pressure. They are going to focus on Derrick Henry If they can eliminate Derrick Henry, they can keep Derrick Henry from scoring more than once because we all know he's probably going to score. And they can keep him under 150 yards, and that's crazy to say. If we can keep Derrick Henry out of the end zone more than once and under 150 yards, (laughs) we're going to be okay. But that's the reality of it. We saw last week Tennessee is not going to do a great job stopping, um, stopping KC. In that game, KC had 530 total yards. 530 and their efficiency per play was one of the worst this year at 6.8 yards per play. Did Tannehill start that game? Yes, he did. Tannehill played that entire game. His line was 13 of 19 for 181 and two touchdowns. There was, there was, there was uh, even on the turnover battle. um, Tennessee allowed more sacks. Casey was better on third down. Casey actually had a higher time of possession, which is extremely unusual Casey is not a time of possession team. They scored 21 points in three minutes o'clock last week. They are not a time of possession team, but they're also heavily penalized. They had nine penalties that game. Bottom line, this is not the same two teams that played each other. And the Chiefs are mainly different defensively. And the Titans aren't different offensively. It's still Derrick Henry. If And 13 of 19 is a really good day for Tannehill. That's a real high completion percentage for him. He's normally somewhere around fifty percent. I don't have his season long numbers in front of me, but I would be I'd be shocked if they weren't fifty percent or worse. So I, I I gotta like I gotta like my Chiefs. I gotta yeah, like my Chiefs the, in this game. Um, what's the weather like for that game? You know, that's a fantastic question. I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking at Brian Tan, I'm trying to find Ryan Tanhill's stats for this year. His completion percentage. His completion percentage this year was seventy percent. Seventy percent. But even still, that's I I don't I gotta open the calculator here when I do this. I'm doing stuff on the fly this week, folks. I've got the flu. Cut me some slack. So he was thirteen he was thirteen of nineteen. The calculator opened on a damn computer. I would tell you that thirteen of nineteen is undefined. How is that possible? I broke the I broke the (laughs) universe. Oh my stupid computer here is not cooperating. Thirteen of nineteen is 68%. So he actually was a a pass under where he normally was this year. But I'm telling you, I just – I get – I think this is – I think this is – they're going to have trouble. They're going to have trouble. You know, um, Tannehill lost three games this year as their starting quarterback. Those games were against New Orleans, Houston, and Carolina. So – I mean what are those teams, what do those teams have in common? Carolina, Houston, and New Orleans. What do they have in common? Yep. No, Carolina. What do you think Carolina offense, what do you think about? Running back. Running back. New Orleans, uh New Orleans uh offense. What are you thinking about? Uh quarterback. Quarterback and, and Mike Thomas. You're talking about and Camara. And they had they have, they have a, yeah, Houston. They have, they have more you,
0: of a combination than the Panthers.
1: Right. They have more they have they have they have a wider variety. Houston. I yes. think about Deshaun Watson running around like crazy. That's what I think about. And they lost that game. That, well, don't forget, they won week 17, 35 to 14, but Houston rested most of its starters. They did. So I'm going to pick. So so pick time. I'll take the Chiefs because I have to. You have to. It's, it's law. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm going to take uh, San Francisco. I'm going to put San Francisco and the Chiefs into the Super Bowl. What do you got? um you know what and i guess
0: we just we just have to be different for the sake of the podcast so uh i'm gonna (laughs) um i'll take if you uh, think
1: tennessee's gonna win say tennessee but i i can't believe you think tennessee's gonna win
0: no i don't know i'm just i'm just worried about derrick henry that's all
1: that's a legit concern that's a legit concern
0: so definitely san francisco kansas city but i will not be surprised if derrick henry has a
1: very large day can can I can I say? Oh, so you're 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 matching mine. I'm matching going,
0: yours, but I'm not. If like if Tennessee wins on the back of Derrick Henry, I am not going to be surprised at all.
1: Same thing. If if Aaron Rodgers finds a way to pull this out, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be shocked. Right. I feel like every week this so far this season uh, this off season, there's been something that shocked me. I'm not going to be shocked if either of those things happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I will um, oh god, what was I going to say? Um, oh, damn you, cold medicine. <laughs> See what um, happens when you don't drink. No. <laughs> seriously, I can, well, I couldn't be drinking today anyway. I've got, I've got some words I can't pronounce: pseudoephedrine, niacin. Oh, you, you need
0: a license to buy that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I had to. I had to get the medicine from the back of the pharmacy. <laughs> this was not. This was not a. Uh, this was not an easy trip to the store for stuff. Um, I have no. Oh, I was. i was going to say, Green Bay and Kansas City both advance. You know, that's a rematch of of Super Bowl
0: one, right? I do and also did you hear those the crazy um, conspiracy theory that's gonna be a state farm <laughs> Super Bowl?
1: The, the marketing team at State Farm has to be doing everything in its power to make sure this happens <laughs> has to.
0: who says they already haven't?
1: That, uh, seriously. I mean, I, I don't know if th- I'm not suggesting they're doing anything illegal, but I would not be surprised if they have some sort of voodoo shrine in the basement of their headquarters. And they're sacrificing chickens Because, you know, or stuff. They,
0: they already have – if that does happen, they already have commercials planned. You know it.
1: Oh, and you know there's no do. question. There's no question. They've got commercials ready to go for this. So, you know, I don't know. All right, really quick, let's move on to DFS. Let's Sure. It's, it's short slate this week. I don't even know if really if I'm going to play this week because I just don't like the look of the numbers over at the DraftKings. Um, but realistically speaking, unless you're anticipating an injury or a substitution, you've only got four quarterbacks to choose from. Yep. Um, I, I'm, I, I believe honestly more than ever that stacking is the way to go. The question is, can you pick the right stack? I stuck with my KC stack last week. I'm going to repeat it this week, except I'm not going to go with Kelsey. I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill had a big game against him earlier in the year, and I think he's going to have another big game here. So I am definitely starting my lineup with Patrick Mahomes at 7,700. You could go Aaron Rodgers, 6,100. You could go cheap at Tannehill with 5,500. I think that's a terrible play. I don't think Tannehill going to have any sort of game. And then you got Jimmy Garoppolo at 5,200. Craig, who do you like? Uh,
0: yeah, I would have to go with Mahomes on that one if – if you wanted to save money a quarterback, you know, you can go at Garoppolo cuz I feel like he has more targets than Aaron Rodgers. He's also mm-hmm. the cheapest quarterback that's starting, so
1: he's the only guy who just needs 20 points. If you think about it, at 5200 to get to 3x, he needs 15.6 points. And that's possible. That's, that's that's I think that's easily possible for him. But if he gets 16, 17 points out of him, that extra money you saved that 2500 you saved over using him over Mahomes, you better find value somewhere else. You better find that money translating the points somewhere else because you know Patrick Mahomes is probably going to put up about 28 points. Right. I've got him slated for 26. So I don't know. Uh, this is going to be tough. It's going to be <laughs> tough. I've got him at 3X. I don't have Rogers or Tannehill at 3X. So I'm definitely using Mahomes or Garoppolo, and I'm definitely leading Mahomes. Running backs. Here's where DraftKings decided to be screw with you. There are three running backs over 6,500 and they are Derrick Henry at 8,700, Damian Williams at 7,000, and Aaron Jones at 6,700. The only three guys you can air quotes trust are all very expensive. So, I'm going to spend up here. I'm going to use Damian Williams and Aaron Jones in a lot of lineups. I'm not, I faded Derrick Henry last week. And the reason I faded Derrick Henry last week was not because of the price tag, but because I knew the ownership would be about 80%. And I said to myself, if, and they didn't, but if (laughs) Derrick Henry gets contained, then that gives me a significant advantage over the field. I normally don't worry about ownership except when it's in the 80 to 90% because all I need is for that to go wrong. And then it's I'm all set. Now, he blew up the world and the rest of my lineup had to cover that. But they did. And I was successful with it because Williams had such a good game at such a cheaper price tag. So I'm going to look at Williams and Aaron Jones this week. Um, I'm not really happy about using Aaron Jones against that San Francisco front, but I'm hoping that he gets a couple of opportunities to to get some points. And if they do get down close to the goal line, they're probably going to lean on him. So I'm looking at Williams and Jones. Who do you like this week?
0: Uh, so this week I'm going a little different. I would, I'm looking at Coleman because he's, he's 5,700 and San Francisco uses him at the goal line. He had two touchdowns last week Mm -hmm. and that works for them. So I think that that's going to continue. And just because of the, I know he's going to be highly owned, but because his ceiling is so high, I think I'm going to go with Derrick Henry.
1: That's understandable. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the problem with San Francisco always has been which of the three guys is going to perform. And Tevin Coleman is right behind Aaron Jones at 5,700. Moser is right behind him at 4,300. And then Breida comes in at 3,400. If I felt confident that one of those three was going to be the primary back in this game, I would have no problem using them. But Coleman's the one who scores the touchdown. Moser's the one that gets most of the reps. And Breida seems to be the one that likes to catch passes. So I don't want to touch any of them. I don't want to touch any of them. So wideouts. Here's where you have to save your money. There's only two wide receivers over $6,000 and they're Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. So you can use one, but you can't use both. So you got to pick which one you're going to go with. I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill. Like I said, I'm doing that stack I got Mahomes, I got Williams, I got Hill instead of Kelsey. I think Hill's going to have a decent game. He's at 7,200. He needs to get the 21 points. This is not going to be a game that Kansas City can sit there and sit back. They're going to come out the gate. They're going to try to put 21 points on them in the first half and try to just stay ahead. If they play from behind, that just paves the way for Derrick Henry. And they know that Kansas City plans to get out there, plans to get a lead. And that's going to happen on the back of Tyreek Hill one way or another. So if I'm using Hill... I've got to go cheaper the rest of the way, so I'm looking at D, D, uh, I'm looking at Debo Samuel, who is a risk. I used Emmanuel Sanders last week, and I thought about using him this week. Debo has been a little bit more consistent, and AJ Brown. If Tennessee does its if Ken, can, uh, if Kansas City does its job and fort and gets out front and forces Tannehill to throw, Tannehill will be looking at two people: AJ Brown and Jonu Smith. Those are the two guys I'm going to use from that side of the roster. So I'm spending up, I'm spending up $7,200 on on Hill, but then I'm getting both of my other wideouts for about 10k, so that I can save money and use and use that to to pay up for Williams and Jones. What do you like in the wide receiver ranks?
0: Uh, I also like AJ Brown for the same the same reason. It's there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game, and he's mm-hmm. going to be a major factor in it. I would recommend not using Corey Davis, just so everyone knows.
1: Can't rely on him. You can't rely on him. And
0: he's honestly the way their offense has been. They've been using him more for blocking. That's why Derrick Henry can break off like twenty yard runs. Yes. Um,
1: it's the same thing with Kendrick Bourne <clears throat> out in San Francisco. Kendrick Bourne catches touchdowns like crazy, but that's all he does. He's the modern day Chris Carter. Right. He's got three catches for fifteen yards in the touchdown every week. I just or, or he's got that or he's got the bomb. He's got two catches for ninety seven yards and one of them was a touchdown. I can't. I can't rely on it. I'm. I need guys who I feel are going to produce. So that's why I got to look at the the primary targets.
0: Uh, I also like Emmanuel Sanders because he's cheap. He's forty nine hundred. I used him last week
1: and he almost killed my lineup. And because he,
0: points. the next receiver, because he's Aaron Rodgers' sole target, is Devontae Adams.
1: It's hard to argue against Devontae Adams. It really is. My only but thing
0: I, with Hill was his big hit last week. So I don't know if he gets – if he's going to get hit again and not play for two quarter, You know, so that's my reservation no with Hill.
1: I have no idea. And, and we still don't know how Kelsey is doing, which is the other reason I'm, I'm shying away from Kelsey. I mean, he had to talk his way back into the game. I think you were working, so you didn't get to see the Kansas City game live, right? No, I, I didn't see it at all. There came a point where Kelsey was out for – I think it was coming out of the uh, out of halftime. He left, he left the first half like with a minute to play and – he came out of the came out of the tunnel late. They were already on the field and playing when he came out of the tunnel, and the cameras caught him with his helmet in his on his head, and going over to Andy Reid and pleading his case to go back in the game. And Andy Reid gave him such a side eye, kind of like you're freaking kidding me, right? <laughs>
0: you're you're doing this now?
1: <laughs> yeah, like because Kelsey was like, I can play, I can play, and the and you could see, coach was just saying things like. If we get past this, we got to have you ready for next week. And Kelsey would be, I'm, I could be ready. I could be. I need to be out there now. And he did eventually put him back into the game. And Kelsey had a huge game last week. Part of the reason I I, I made money last week, but I just I don't know. I don't know. I'm not worried that Kelsey going out is going to kill the game. It definitely changes the Chief offense. But the Chiefs have so many weapons in the passing game. It just changes how they're going to what, what plays they might call. So, um, so that leads us to the tight ends. I've already told you I'm looking at John who Smith because uh, same he's, reason he's
0: 3400. <laughs>
1: 3400. He's cheaper than Jimmy Graham, and we've used him before. If he gets in the end zone, then he makes value. I mean, it's really going to be that simple. That's and seven it could right there. <laughs> it it could, it could. I mean, I, I, I the, the big names obviously are Kelsey and Kittle. Can't touch them. They're too expensive. Although Kittle's at 5800, which is really tempting. But I, if I'm spending up, at, it, it this is the thing. If you want to spend up and use those two good running backs and either Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams, you can't afford George Kittle at 5800 No. You can't. You have to. So if you're going to use – if you feel like Aaron Jones is the way or Derrick Henry is the way, then you've got to use a San Francisco running back. You have to pick one and use it because you're not going to be able to afford Williams or Jones. It's just not going to happen. Nope. So I'm, I'm going to look at John New Smith. Um, and unfortunately, defensively, that leaves me with virtually. No- oh, I'm sorry. Who do you like a tight end? Same. John uh, Smith because he's he's thirty four hundred. <laughs> and and unfortunately, that brings up defense and defense. I have very little money left. Only ones I can afford are the Packers or the Titans. I don't like either. Nope. So I'm going to play the one I like better. And that's just me. Um, it, I did not think in 2019 in the 2019 season or the playoffs that followed it. That we would see the most expensive defense on the board being the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. This (laughs) weekend, friends, thirty-one hundred dollars. The Kansas City Chiefs are the top, most expensive defense on the board. Too expensive. No, way too expensive. Way too expensive. You've got to play. You got to play one of the road teams on defense. That's it's your only option this week if you want to pay it. This this is what they did. They brought all the quarterbacks because it's a short slate, and they know you don't have a lot of variety. They bunched them pretty much together in the five thousand to seven thousand dollar range, five to eight thousand dollar range. Then they gave you this, this uh, top tier of running backs because there's really only two or three you can use. And then they did. They said, "All right, if you're gonna if you're gonna go expensive there, you're not gonna be able to afford to use Adams and Hill. The end. Unless you want to use Byron Pringle and hope he catches a ball. <laughs> I mean, he could. I suppose he could. He could." They made, they sat there and they said, we're going to take the top two or three guys at every position and price them so high that you're never going to be able to use more than two or three of them total in your lineup. So for me, I used Mahomes, I used Williams, and I used Hill, and I used Aaron Jones. Those four I can sneak in. But as a result of that, there is nobody in my lineup over 50. The most expensive person after that is Debo Samuel at 5,500. Everyone else in my lineup had to be under that marker in order for it to fit. So I'll be honest, I am going to play a light slate this week. I am not feeling confident in these games, and I am really kind of just looking to enjoy the uh, championship weekend. So, um, yeah, so that, that's that's it, for, that's it on my end for the DFS. Craig, are you working Sunday? I am, all day. Oh, good. All right, well, I'll try not to text the shit out of you this week. <laughs> I must have sent about 45 text messages. I am going to block our friend Cinch. Because every year Cinch <laughs> likes to say, and I quote, "Your team is going to the Super Bowl," and every time he says that, bad <clears throat> things happen. He already said it. He also said the Ravens
0: or the Ravens are going to the Super Bowl too.
1: Yeah, so I I've, I love Cinch, but if he swear to God, if he tells me <laughs> the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl before this game, I'm just I'm not gonna I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna shut my phone off at like two o'clock. There you go. I'm just gonna turn my phone off. It's the only way to do this. I'm going to turn my phone off. I'm going to hand it to my wife, and I'm going to tell her to put it somewhere. where I don't know where it is. It's the only <laughs> way to be safe. So, all right, Craig. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, yeah.
0: If you're able to watch the game, sunny, and not at work like I am, you know, if you're not doing dry January, uh, grab a beer and enjoy football. Yeah, that, and, and that's, hi
1: Deb. And hi Deb, because that's my final thought. <clears throat> this is the most depressing statement that I make. It every year. <laughs> there are only three meaningful football games between now and September. Because nobody gives a shit about the Pro Bowl. Let's just call it what it is. And if you're expecting any sort of Pro Bowl-related DFS from us, <laughs> not, not going to happen on this, on this set, <laughs> nope. folks. I, I never play the Pro Bowl. Never play the Pro Bowl. It's, it's completely unpredictable. There's only three games left. you got to go out there and enjoy it. I'm lucky that my team is still in it. I don't know. I'm going to put my chances for the Chiefs to win just like 60% just over 50 50 because i i I just don't know about this game and i'm scared to death but i'm happy my team is in it i'll be sitting and i'll be watching the game on sunday i've already canceled plans on sunday (laughs) um to make myself available to watch the game but go out and enjoy it because it is almost over and it's hard to believe our third season of covering football on this podcast is almost behind us um i mean we have the the season that we play and then we have the season that we record we're a little more than halfway through our recording season, but the offseason is coming. And I'm actually looking forward to the offseason a great deal because it's going to give us a lot of opportunity to talk about 2020. And people, oh, that's I can, one uh, side thought, too. People are already putting out rankings for 2020. No. <laughs> it's not possible. We don't know half of the variables that are going to come into play. We don't know who the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals next year is going to be.
0: No. Maybe. Probably, but. I don't know. But we Dalton, don't know who, Dalton may still be there. Dalton may be a Patriot in September. I have no idea.
1: We have no idea. And we don't know who's going to be blocking for him, oh. who he's going to have to throw to. How can we possibly be ranking players when we don't know their schemes, their tools, and their setups yet? A lot of people got so, new coaches. Yeah. If you want to read some stuff about you know way too early season rankings for 2020 uh, fantasy football, go ahead. But don't put a lot of stock in it, folks. Don't go making trades And making moves outside of maybe dynasty um, based on this information because it's way too early. Way too early. So, as always, leave us a review wherever you listen to us. Uh, Email us, fignutsdfs at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter at fignutsdfs. I will be honest, I've been spending very little time on Twitter lately. Um, Yeah, just haven't had time. So, emailing us is the best way to reach us. We're also on Facebook at the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Uh, anywhere you listen to us, you can find a way to rate us, and we really appreciate it. We will be back next week to begin our two weeks of Super Bowl preview. Jeez, uh, two weeks of Super <laughs> Bowl preview, and uh, to start breaking down the season that was, and we'll have about three months to talk about the season that was and prepare for the NFL draft. And yeah, it'll be here then, before you know it. And then, believe it or not, it'll be May, and we'll be talking about best ball. Yep,
0: it's it goes, amazing how it goes quick by this quick. goes.
1: It sure does. Until then, uh, we thank you for listening. My name is Britt. I'm Craig, and we are the Football Nuts Podcast. <laughs>